We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Pack-A-Day Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. As always, it is Sarah Kelleher, but no Dusty and Steve this week. But no problem. Today, I am joined by Pack-A-Day Podcast's very own Gage Bridgeford. So as I'm sure almost everyone listening knows, Gage is part of the Sunday team. He typically previews the game that week with Mike and Mark. So Gage, it's great to finally talk with you. I know we've been a part of the Pack-A-Day team for a little bit now. And thank you for joining me this week. How are you doing? I am doing well, Sarah. I am glad to be here. Uh, I generally, when, whenever somebody says that they can't record, I'm like, okay, I'll give everybody else the chance before I jump in because I know that I jump in on a lot of the like guest spot shows for like covering other team stuff. So I wanted to give everybody the chance. Nobody else wanted to come on with you. I don't know what you did to everybody, but <laughs> I'm glad to be here. No, thank you. I really appreciate it. And hopefully the three of us will be back next week. I know Dusty, his voice, as he tweeted, went on a vacation. So hopefully he feels better soon and um, he's able to rejoin us next week. So Gage, before we dive into week 17, let's take a few steps back and reflect on week 16. So everyone listening knows Green Bay beat Cleveland on Christmas Day, 24 to 22. So that was a nice present to end the day for all the Packers fans out there. Um, It was a bit of a weird one. You know, run defense was not great. The offense was up and down at times. But how did you feel? Anything surprise you, stick out for you? It was stereotypical Green Bay football. They play a game that shouldn't be as close as it is like you generate four turnovers you have five sacks on baker you do everything right on defense other than stop the run and you nearly lose the game and everyone's and i know that obviously we've all seen the bears and vikings fans and everybody's twitter mentions for the last three days saying oh well the refs gave you the win because of the holding call in the last play and it's like eh, that was pretty ticky tack whatever it's like you know what the refs miss a call on every single play so you know, at the end of the day, they won the game. Uh, but it's typical Green Bay football. They want to give us all a heart attack. It was a, it was a good day. It was a good day because uh, they came out with a win. 
ultimately that's what matters. It doesn't matter if it's an inch or a mile winnings winning. So I would like to see the run defense do better, but until this team is playing at full strength, which who knows if that's ever going to happen again, I'm not going to care too much about the way you get the job done as long as they get it done really. Yeah, that's perfect. And that was exactly what I was going to say. You know, was I annoyed and frustrated at certain aspects of the Packers game? Sure. But at the end of the day, they won. Um, and it was important game for them in the NFC to win too. So it, they, you know, stayed at that number one seed. So I'm fine with it. Hopefully they're able to clean up some of those mistakes, especially as they hopefully have a very deep playoff run. Um, and as always, as anyone listening knows, we uh, each week preview the Packers offense versus the team that they're playing defense. But before we do that, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, news and notes from Tuesday. So not much, but the things that did come out were pretty major. So the first one uh, per Adam Schefter was that the NFL and the NFL Players Association are getting close to adopting the new CDC guidelines that would reduce the quarantine time from five days or to five days from 10 days for all players, including those who are unvaccinated. So pretty much it's looking like by the time you're listening to this, that's going to be the new policy in the NFL, five-day quarantine instead of 10. Gage, what are your thoughts on that and some of the changes there? Um, I believe it's actually, it is actually has been made official. Okay. Uh, I believe as of our recording, it looks like, yeah, it was from Rap Sheet tweeted uh, out some of the details uh, from Mike Garofalo. Uh, about an hour ago or so is what I is what I'm seeing here. Yeah, nope. And from Tom Palazzaro, the NFL and NFLPA have agreed to modify COVID protocols in accordance with the new CDC guidelines, cutting the standard isolation period after a positive test for asymptomatic individuals from 10 days to five days, regardless of vaccination status. I, I, I'm glad from the standpoint of as a person that covers fantasy football stuff, I've seen all these various players and stars be out from they were a close contact or they're asymptomatic, but they test positive and, or they're asymptomatic and they test negative, but it doesn't matter because of whatever. So if guys are healthy and they're asymptomatic, that's ultimately all that really matters here is just that guys are healthy guys are. And if the NFL is following the science, which we're not going to get into the whole debate of that aspect of it, but if they're, using logic to make these decisions. That's ultimately all that matters. I think that the NFL has made some dumb decisions along the way this year regarding COVID in terms of the way that they word things and the way they carry things out. But I think that this was one of the, this was a good decision in my, in my mind, the way that they're going to handle it. And hopefully they just don't drop the ball as they uh, tend to do. Yeah, it definitely to me wasn't shocking. When I saw that the CDC changed their policy and their guidelines immediately, I thought, Oh, NFL, NBA, they're probably going to follow suit. Obviously, they're huge sources of entertainment for everyone. And, um, you know, we, as you said, the NFL is not afraid to make decisions that, you know, put their their league first. And that's what I think this allows them to do. So they're going to continue to do that. And at least it's falling um, in line with what the CDC is saying as well. Um, just another note on COVID, we don't have to talk about it too much, but unfortunately Schneidman um, shared this news in great detail, but the Packers obviously also shared it and first announced it as well that Mercedes Lewis and Ornberks are have been placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. So just two more names and obviously uh, the Lewis one hurts, especially against the Vikings. You really want him there, but 
Uh, just a note there, I believe there are 12 players yep. on the Packers that are now on the COVID list. Some might be coming off. We know MBS was out last week, so hopefully the Packers are able to get him back soon. Um, but definitely something to monitor, and hopefully there are no more names added to that list. But we know it's difficult and spreading rapidly right now. And the last major note of the day um, comes from Tom Pelissero, and it's that the Jaguars put in a request to interview Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett for their head coaching job. So personally, I wasn't super surprised by this. Uh, we had talked about it on our with our Wednesday crew quite a few times, how this was probably something that was going to happen. We know Hackett has a history in Jacksonville. He's obviously done a great job in Green Bay the last few seasons. Gage, do you feel any differently about it? I kind of wish that uh, Green Bay would just tank on offense for the last few weeks, just so <laughs> that way he doesn't leave. Um, I think that the synergy he has with Rodgers, uh, mm-hmm. just basically every single press conference that Rodgers and the, anybody on the offense has done over the last couple of, couple of years, it's constant praise for Nathaniel Hackett. The offense has been great. They've struggled in the red zone a little bit this year, but I'm going to chalk that up to like health and a constant rotating cast of characters in that area. And especially you can't repeat being the greatest red zone offense of all time. It's going to, it was kind of hard to replicate the performance they had last year, but it's well-deserved. And I like Hackett deserves a chance to go there. And if he does elect to go to Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence is going to be in good hands because Nathaniel Hackett now has had year, multiple years of experience with a MVP quarterback and Rogers. He had, he got to work with a younger developmental guy in Blake Bortles when he was in Jacksonville. So he's got, a, he's done a little bit, a little bit of both. I honestly don't know if he, he will go there because he probably doesn't view that as the best situation for him, but uh, it remains to be seen. Um, one general NFL note that just got announced as we were recording, this was uh, John Madden actually just passed away or it was announced that he had passed away at uh, 95 or 85. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It, uh, it was literally just announced at eight minutes ago. He was 85 years old. He passed away uh, this morning. Uh, that was, that was announced by Adam Schefter and uh, every other NFL reporter. So uh, mm. that that's obviously a more general NFL thing. Uh, not necessarily Packers specific, but as somebody that grew up playing Madden football video games and has grown up around the game of football and watching football, John Madden's an, an icon in the football industry. And it's just sucks to lose him, but that's uh, just wanted to at least mention it. No, absolutely. Thank you for pointing that out. And I'm so sad to hear about that. I think we all grew up on those games and yeah, definitely an icon. So horrible to hear that. I just pulled it up and saw, you know, everyone thought it was unexpected too. So it's, that's always sad to hear. I always think of the uh, the far Monday night game after his dad because Madden was on that or Madden was on that call. And so I just think of him. Uh, I don't want to get too into it. Nope. It was, but it's uh, it just sucks to lose him. And uh, that's but that's the way the world works. So we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. In addition to some of our news and notes, just that we do on the Wednesday edition of every Pack-A-Day podcast episode during the season, we recap the Pat McAfee show and we talk a little bit about what some of the highlights were. So we'll dive right into it. This week, Rogers was rocking the Alan Lazard at the top merch. He mentioned that he felt it was appropriate since he was the one that caught uh, the iconic 443rd touchdown pass where Rogers was able to beat the franchise uh, record uh, past Favre. So that was pretty cool. I thought it was a nice gesture to Lazard. Uh, he mentioned that the walk off the field on Saturday was really special at Lambeau and it was one of his favorites. He said, you know, usually he walks up the field, he acknowledges everyone, but that on Saturday he really did. He did a full 360 and just looked around and embraced the crowd and soaked in up the moment. So that was pretty special to hear about. He also continued to talk about how he said Devontae Adams is now the best player he's ever played with. He talked about that his combination of his incredible ability with concepts and the creativity that then Devontae brings to it really just brings him to another level. And he talked a lot about the back shoulder play that both of them are so well known for and how it just seems seamless at times. And um, it was very interesting. So if you're interested, I would definitely check it out. They've talked a lot about that. Um, he talked about Matt LaFleur and how he believes that he should definitely be in the coach of the year conversation, which the past few weeks we're finally seeing a bit more of. And Rogers seemed like he was very supportive of that. Um, he mentioned that he did wear his Bakhtiari socks. If you missed that on Saturday, Rogers wore socks on the field that had David Bakhtiari on them. And that he said the Bakhtiari family gifted him those socks for Christmas and David Bakhtiari being the jokester that he is said, oh, I bet you won't wear them during the game. And he said, OK, I will. They find me. You'll pay the fine, but I'll wear them. And he wore them and he said, you know, it was a funny thing to do. But that also he knew that Dave would be there if he broke the record. So I thought that was pretty sweet and a testament to their friendship. Talked a little bit about the future again. What does happiness look like for him in the future? Um, and really just his perspective on that. And 
once again talked more about his stance on the league's COVID-19 policies. Um, like Gage and I talked about before, the rules have now changed um, in just in a day. So uh, he shared a little bit of his thoughts on that and some of the treatments and how he would like to talk about that more. Um, but really, to end the episode, uh, uh, really, if you're a diehard Packers fan and really appreciate the history, something that he talked about was his relationship with Brett Favre and how he sat behind him for three years. And he said, you know, for the first time really ever in my life, I was in the same room as someone who was better than me for years. And that really allowed him to take a step back and learn, develop leadership traits that he was proud of, that he could take from Brett Favre, but then also make his own. Um, and that he looks back at that time and he's just so thankful that it happened and that, you know, he said it's uncommon. A lot of quarterbacks, they get drafted and they play right away or, you know, they're on a practice squad and they don't really get that time and that mentorship. So it was definitely um, important to his growth as a person and a player. And something really special he said was, how would I ever know what it was like to be great in the NFL if I never had that experience? So a really cool discussion there. And then lastly, the Aaron Rodgers book club is back. It was off last week. And the book club this week is The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse by Charlie Mackesy. Rogers said it was his favorite book of the calendar year, and it's only a five to 10 minute read. So if you've been following with that, seems like this week's book is pretty simple. Um, so that'll do it for McAfee this week. And now we get to talk Packers Vikings. So it's always fun when these two play. We know they already played once this season and the Vikings got the best of the Packers, 34-31 right there at the end of the game. But now the ball is in Green Bay's court. They're hosting Minnesota at Lambeau Field. Packers were also without Aaron Jones when they played the Vikings a few weeks ago, but he's he should be back. Um, and that's something, you know, take in consideration as well. So like I said before, we're going to talk Packers offense against the Vikings defense. So Gage, what's the one thing you'll be looking out for this week and why? Uh, real quick before I jump into that, I just wanted to note that I did a quick odds check on Coach of the Year awards, and Matt LaFleur is the current favorite across pretty much every sports book that I was paying attention to. So uh, he and Rodgers both jumped into the uh, – Rodgers jumped in the MVP lead, and LaFleur jumped into the Coach of the Year lead. But anyway, the main thing I'm paying attention to this weekend is Green Bay and running the ball. In the first matchup, obviously Aaron Jones missed the game. A.J. Dillon was in there, and the Vikings are not great at stopping the run. They have been bad at, bad at it all year long, They, but they got an early lead on Green Bay in the first matchup, and Green Bay didn't just never bounce back. On the year, Minnesota ranks 32nd in stuffed rate. They rank 29th in power, like, like the ability to run power against them. Uh, these are per, uh, stats per DVOA. They give up a lot of runs. They don't. They generate a decent amount of pressure, but – against the run, they've just been bad all year. And Green Bay didn't take advantage of that as well as I thought they should have in the first matchup. And I think that that is a, I think that's the key area in this game because this Minnesota offense can sometimes look very explosive. And then other times it'll look like it did against the Chicago bears on Monday night football a couple weeks ago when they couldn't get out of their own way. And Kirk cousins had like 85 yards or whatever it was. And for whatever reason, against Green Bay, they always look explosive. It doesn't matter if it's at home or on the road. They always play very well. Green Bay always gets their best shot, which when you're a team of the caliber of Green Bay, you're going to get everybody's best shot every week. But so, but if Green Bay can run the ball and keep the Minnesota offense on the sideline and really drag out this game, which is what Green Bay likes to do. They like to have these long games where 
or they like to have these fast games where they run the ball a lot. They keep the clock running. They like to keep the ball up. They don't like to have clock stoppages. It's not what they're trying to do. They're not trying to score in a hurry. They're trying to break you down over the course of the game and running with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, who are both healthy for this game is the way that I think you can do that. Packers football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats than another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Recently, I was just able to pick up tickets to Packers Vikings in Minnesota, going to be heading west for that game, attending my first game in the new Vikings stadium. Cannot wait for that. Let me tell you, it was so incredibly easy to use TickPick. No awful service fees. I cannot recommend it enough. And the easiest way to do so is by going to TickPick.com slash Packaday today to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets or so any other tickets that you want to purchase. looking for this week too is related to the run game, but slightly different. Um, and it's just how the offensive line is going to hold up in the trenches and, you know, what's able to happen there on the ground that we like Gage mentioned the, the pass game isn't the, isn't a big issue for the Packers typically. I mean, last time they played MBS and Devonte both had over 110 yards, but they really need to win this battle on the ground too. And the offensive line and being able to provide protection there is going to be key to that. Um, especially we know Jones is still kind of nursing an injury. So we want to make sure that he's protected, that there's holes there that he can break through. And with Dylan too, obviously he's a very strong runner, but it's important that he's able to have the, the blocks that he needs um, right there. And we know how good the Vikings front seven is as well. So that is what I will be looking for this week, as I'm sure many of you are also curious how the run will hold up against the Vikings. So uh, to end um, this week's episode, as always, we are going to answer a few of your questions. Thank you so much to everybody who sent in one. This should be very exciting. Also allow us to get to know Gage a little bit better too with some of the food and fun questions you guys sent in. So our first question is from Dawn and she wants to know on a scale of one to 10, one being not likely and 10 most likely, um, does Matt LaFleur win coach of the year and why? And then her food question, if you could have 50 quarter size Oreos or one Oreo that is 12 and a half size, which would you pick and why? Uh, so scale of one to 10 coach of the year, not likely is one 10 coach of the year. Most likely I lean toward I'm, I'm closer to the 10. I'm probably around an eight or so. I just, the, the only thing that kind of spooks me off of it, I just said that he's the betting favorite across the sports books that I was looking at. The only thing that kind of spooks me off of it is the narrative that other teams are going to be able to build. And we know how the media loves to vote with the narrative. They don't necessarily love to vote with what's happening. Hence the, hence why, LaFleur has gone 13 and three back-to-back seasons and was never even really in the conversation because it's just the, Oh, well, he's got Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Bill Belichick had Tom Brady and he, I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick won at least three or four different coach of the year awards. So what, what the hell? Um, But so I'd probably still get an eight and the only play, the only teams I'd really be worried about are like Frank Reich. Uh, I think Bill Belichick does have a conversation uh, and then does have a 
name in the conversation. And then uh, Brian Flores in Miami, who they just became the first team to have a seven game winning and seven game losing streak in the same season. Like that's never happened before. So uh, that, so if they can finish the season strong, he's got a strong case, but that's kind of where I'm at there. I just think that LaFleur though, especially if Green Bay locks up the one seat, you, you almost have to give it to him because it's three straight years of just dominance in the NFL. And he did it as a rookie head coach when a lot of people were like, oh, maybe that wasn't the best choice or Rodgers isn't going to gel with him. And then he and Rodgers get along great. They have a great relationship. I'm sure that's one of the reasons why Rodgers definitely didn't retire this offseason because he thinks that LaFleur is a coach that they can go win a Super Bowl with. Uh, and then in terms of the Oreo question, 50 quarter size Oreos or one Oreo that's 12.5 X size, it's going to be 50 quarter size Oreos for me. And mainly because the mini Oreos, I've always been a fan of the mini Oreos over the regular size Oreos. And so if I get 50 of those, I would take, I would take that over taking a Oreo that's extra big. I just, I feel like, plus I, I feel like 50 quarter size Oreos is more Oreo. Yeah, I okay. agree. I agree so, with you. So to answer it early, I'd also take the 50 quarter size. I feel like it would last longer too. And I wouldn't yeah. feel as bad about eating it because it'd be separated in small pieces versus just one giant cookie. But yeah. Yeah. It's like eating, it's like eating pizza rolls versus eating a full-size pizza. Like if you eat a full-size exactly. pizza, you're like, man, that was a lot of pizza. But if you eat like 30 pizza rolls, you're like, that wasn't that bad. And that's not, that's fine. Perfect description, honestly. So, um, so I agree. I would take the 50 and then as far as coach of the year, I'm probably about a seven right now for a lot of the same reasons. Um, Matt LaFleur definitely deserves to be in the conversation. Um, and I agree that there's always this narrative. Well, he, he has Aaron Rodgers, he has Devontae Adams, but we've seen, especially this year, that there have been a lot of times where the Packers have been without some of their key players and some of their stars, and they've still been able to make things work. I mean, the Arizona game is a perfect example of that. They were able to do a lot with a little and win a huge game, knock off an undefeated team on the road. So that's super important, and it all kind of falls back on leadership and coaching. So that's something to take into consideration as well. And he's been missing three all pros basically the entire year. Bakhtiari's not played a snap. Zadarius Smith has played 18 snaps, and that was in week one. And then Jair hasn't played since like week four or five, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Those are three all pro guys, that, and they're just chugging right along like nothing happened. Lost Elton Jenkins, another all pro guy, just chugging, chugging right along. And yeah, not to not to mention at all the hoopla that happened in the offseason, and that's continued to trickle into the season. But that can have a toll on your locker room. And depending on who's your leader and who's keeping everyone in line, that can really affect how a team plays. And the fact that through all of what seems like crazy drama and all of these stories and sources that are coming out and sharing what they know about the Packers through the offseason and into the season, the team has remained stronger than ever. It seems like all of them love each other. They all love the coaches, the staff, and they have a good time. So that again, goes back on him and really job well done that he's been able to do to keep things excited. And it seems like they're just a big family in the locker room. And you don't get that vibe from every team in the NFL for sure. All right, our next question is from Robin Erickson and they want to know which team would you most like to avoid on the way to the Super Bowl? And what opponent do you think poses the biggest challenge from the AFC? Uh, well, I'll answer the second question first. From the AFC, it's the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL right now. He's one of the most – he will go down as one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play the game of football in general. And the Chiefs 
can with their offensive line can run the ball. They don't like to run the ball as much as they should. Patrick Mahomes doesn't take the check down as often as they should, but they are a, they're a good team. I don't think they, I think they're kind of overrated right now. I think they've had a really easy schedule over the last seven weeks or so. They've only really played one deep off one offense. The one offense they played, they gave up 28 points to in the chargers and the chargers should have had even more if Brandon Saley settled for just a field goal. I understand you don't want to settle for field goals against chiefs. Just settle for one dude. One's not the end of the world. Um, And they, but their defense, I think is overrated right now. I think that their offense like has weapons, but I think that Green Bay, if Jair comes back, which I think Jair is going to come back, I think that they can slow down these weapons effectively enough uh, to get out of there with a win. And then on the way to the Super Bowl, like through the NFC, I would say Dallas. Dallas is the team that scares me the most in the NFC, uh, especially because like uh, if you had asked me a couple of years ago, I probably would have said San Francisco, but Jimmy G's injured. I love Trey Lance as a prospect and as a player, and I think that he has a lot of talent but I don't think he's ready to make that leap yet. But, and so for that reason, I'm kind of fading San Francisco. And then I'm going to go to Dallas where they have the ability to run the ball. They have the ability to throw the ball. They have a great offensive line. Their defense is playing really well and they're healthy at the right time. And at the end of the day, that's the team that wins the Super Bowl every year is the team that gets hot at the right time, gets healthy at the right time. Just look at Tampa Bay last year. They're kind of nicked up and beat up throughout the year. And then they all, everybody got magically got healthy right at the right time. And then they were the only healthy team in the playoffs and that's how they went and they won a Super Bowl last year. So Dallas in the NFC is the team that I am spooked the most by just like they're all healthy. Everybody on that damn roster is healthy and it makes no sense because Dallas was ravaged by injury last year. And then they're all just, that's the team. Yeah, both of those, I could definitely answer with both of those, but two others that kind of scare me. Um, So which team would I want to avoid on the way to the Super Bowl? I talked about this last week on our episode, but it's the Bucs just because last year scarred from that living in Florida with actual Bucs fans, not fun. Um, So that's just never a good one for me. Also, I'm so tired of the Rogers Brady debate. So if I have to hear one more thing about that storyline. I just don't want to deal with it. And I truly think the Packers are the better team this year, but you just never know in games like that. And that kind of freaks me out. Um, And then as far as an opponent that poses a challenge from the AFC, the Titans are really kind of creeping me out right now, especially since Henry isn't even there and that he could potentially come back in the future um, and for a playoff run. And if they were to make it that far to the Super Bowl and face off against the Packers, we know how, Green Bay struggles against a strong run and he's one of the league's best. So that scares me a little bit, but um, hopefully we won't have to worry about that, but I could have definitely answered the chiefs and the Cowboys too. There are, you know, two or three teams in both divisions that really are worrisome right now. And we just, you know, have to hope that the Packers do what they can balance out the offense and play fast. Like you were saying before, because it seems like that's when they play their best. All right, our last question is from Cole Pope, and it is a two-part question. His first question is, will the Packers clinch the one seed this Sunday, or will they beat themselves? Um, And we'll share a little more details about that and what can happen in certain scenarios. And then, do you prefer chocolate cake with white icing or chocolate icing? So, Gage, I know you had some research and scenarios that you could explain to um, help illustrate if the Packers can clinch this weekend. So there is there is one scenario where Green Bay can lock up the number one seed this Sunday. 
If they win, Dallas loses. That is the only way they can lock up the one seed. Dallas plays Arizona this week, and Arizona has been in a little bit of a tailspin the last few weeks. But if Dallas, if Dallas wins, there is, zero, there is a 0% chance that Green Bay can clinch the number one seed this week. They will have to play and win next week in order to do that. However, it, but, if, but if Dallas loses, all Green Bay has to do is win. And if for those of you that want to do the, do the uh, exercise at home, playoffpredictors.com, you can pick and choose games and like which, what, what's the scenario if this team wins, what's the seeding look like. But Green Bay wins and Dallas wins. Green Bay holds the number one. It holds the number one seed, but they don't. They don't lock it up. Uh, so yeah, that's the so the only way they can secure the number one seed for this weekend is if Dallas loses. I'm operating under the idea that Dallas doesn't lose. I think Dallas wins this week, and I think Green Bay has to win in Week 18 in order to come away with the number one seed. And I think Green Bay does that this week. I think Green Bay does win. I think that we see primetime Kirk Cousins, which is what we all love to see. He is the greatest quarterback of all time in shrinking in prime time what I don't know what I don't know what it is I don't know if his his circadian clock rhythm gets off I don't know if he sleeps too much but he just in prime time he just doesn't play well he never has and I think that that's going to continue in this game I think it's in Green Bay which I love to see uh, Aaron Rodgers in prime time at home with his full assortment of receiving weapons outside of Mercedes Lewis, who I believe does have a chance to get back. Let's see. So today, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So he does have a chance to come back out if he, if he is a vaccinated. Oh, wait, no, because it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. So as long as he stays asymptomatic and te- testing negative, Rogers should have his full assortment of receiving weapons. MBS could come back. So I think Green Bay wins this game because they are just – I think Green Bay is the better team. I thought that all year every single podcast and major news network that wanted to tout the Vikings. I was like, I don't know what you're looking at. Green Bay has been better for years. They're still better. And especially with the Vikings dealing with injuries to their interior up their offensive line and Kenny Clark being back in the lineup this week or being in the lineup. We know how Kenny loves to play against Minnesota. He's had all of his best games of his career. It seems like against the Vikings. And I think that that happens again this week. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And then the food question. The- Chocolate cake. I'm not a big cake guy. I never have been. I never will be. Uh, but especially when it comes to cake, if I do have to eat it, it will be white or yellow cake. I don't mess with chocolate cake. I just, I, I, I don't like it. I don't, I don't get it. It doesn't look appetizing to me. Um, if I had to choose the icing, like white icing or chocolate icing, I would probably go with white icing. The weird thing is I like chocolate, like the, like the, like the candy. I like candy chocolate. I like 
chocolate chip cookies and stuff like that. But chocolate cake, I don't, I, I don't eat it. Take it away from me. No, thank you. But so yeah, on this one, Cole, Cole I'm sorry. Just no chocolate cake for me, more for you. <laughs> or for anyone for that matter. Um... <laughs> yeah, it's like everybody else can have it. It just not me. Yeah, and I, I also think I pretty much agree with you on everything you said about uh, the Packers clinching the seed, um, the number one seed this week. I think that they will win, but I also think that Dallas will probably win this week too. So it'll take all the way to week 18 to make sure that they have that number one seed and they secure that playoff bye. And then I don't mind chocolate cake. It's not my absolute favorite, but if I eat it, I do have to have the white icing because chocolate on chocolate is just too much for me. It's good. Like you said, I love chocolate, but I can't do it all. It's too rich. And then I just feel gross after and that's never fun. So that will wrap up our questions this week and also everything we have planned. Uh, but before we go, well, actually you missed, there was one more question. Was there? Yeah. You missed one from childish Lambino Lambino are the Packers and the answer is yes. (laughs) The answer is yes. Yeah. Are the Packers? Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for that insightful question. Um, As we wrap up the year, I I think that wins question of the year. Are the Packers? Yes. Done. That is, that might be best question. I, yeah, that's definitely best question I've read this year. So hundred percent. So anyways, before we go um, Gage, want to pass it to you one more time. Thank you again for joining me. Do you have any final thoughts, uh, work that you'd like to share? Uh, The floor is yours. All of my work can be found on my Twitter. I do stuff with Rotoballer, Dynasty Nerds, uh, doing fantasy football content, uh, Denver Stiffs covering the Denver Nuggets, but it's easiest to just tell you to find it all on my Twitter because it's all there rather than making you go around at three different websites. Uh, and I've actually scaled back. I used to be at four or five, so I've taken it a little bit back this year, um, but it's all over there. I do fantasy football questions every Sunday morning from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. This will be not the last week. I'll probably do it a little bit next week. Uh, but it's all over there. Uh, thank you for having me on, Sarah. I was glad to fill in and get to talk Packers with you. I think the Green Bay wins this week. Um, I I don't know what it is about this team, but as long as they stay healthy, I think that they are more than capable of winning the Super Bowl. And the fact that people don't have them as the favorite is almost comical to me. I'm like, go ahead, continue to under like continue to underrate Rodgers and the Packers when they've shown you for three straight years that they are one of the class teams in the NFL. They consistently do things the right way. They consistently win. They get the best production out of the lowest end players and Rasul Douglas and uh, Devondre Campbell, who are street free agents and practice squad guys. And then Green Bay has them playing at near Pro Bowl levels. Devondre Campbell should be a Pro Pro Bowler. I think that it is a scam that he didn't get in. And I hate the fact that it's stupid fan voting. (laughs) Bobby Wagner did not deserve it. Okay. Nothing against Bobby Wagner. Devondre Campbell's had a better year and he's doing it on a better team. So I, so that is the, that is the end of my, uh, and I, (laughs) I, I, I end my time. All righty. Well, uh, for me, I will have, like I do after every game, a game recap up uh, late Sunday night since it is the Sunday night game. So I know a few of you enjoy the bedtime story series. It will be returning this week. It will definitely be a late time story um, and definitely be on the lookout, too. I know Dusty isn't here this week, but he usually has his stories that go up on Wednesday. So make sure to check those out, too. Um, but other than that, happy new year to everybody listening. And thank you for tuning in another year to the Pack-A-Day podcast. We're always so grateful for your support um, and for 
just you and that the fact that you listen to us every single day, 365 days is pretty amazing. So with that, we'll wrap it up. Um, you can follow Gage at Twitter at GBridgefordNFL. You can follow me at Sarah Kelleher4, and you can follow the Packaday Podcast at Packaday Podcast. So we will see you next week. Gage, thank you. Thank you again for joining me. And as always, go Pack Go! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.